Hi guys, we are so excited today. We have a new season launching and we're gonna have a little bit different format this season than we did last season. Um, for any of you who followed us last season, you know we came on once a week and um, had some really good content and had a lot of things to share. The good news is that we learned a lot together and the not so good news is it about wore me out. So this season, we are going to go to every other week and every other episode, we are going to try to bring on a guest that is relevant to the content that we want to put out. And I am excited to say that we are launching season two with my friend and hopefully the next Lieutenant Governor of Texas, Miss Tracy Bradford. She just announced here in Tyler, Texas, a couple of weeks ago, her candidacy. Um, and we are very excited to have her today. I do want to read her bio to you because she has quite a bit of experience that led her to this decision. So. Tracy Bradford is a mother of seven beautiful children, the wife of 31 years, grandmother of three, and a native Texan and faithful citizen of the United States of America. She served as president of Texas Eagle Forum for the past four and a half years, and before that served as president for Dallas Eagle Forum for four years. Additionally, she founded the Tarrant County Eagle Forum in 2012. Tracy has a passion for biblical truth, self-government, the preservation of life, and the freedoms mandated by the Constitution and was able to translate those interests into active engagement through Eagle Forum. During her time as president with Dallas and Tarrant County Eagle Forums, those groups hosted a federal senatorial forum that included all six candidates educated group members on critical subjects such as human trafficking issues, pro-life issues, religious liberties, and security for our Texas grid, to name just a few. Tracy was presented an Outstanding Eagle Award by Eagle Forum founder Phyllis Schlafly. She currently serves as the Eagle Forum National Issues Chairman on Human Trafficking. So you can see that we have a lot of very similar issues, and that is how God crossed our paths. So today, I am so honored and excited to bring you our next Lieutenant Governor, Miss Tracy Bradford. Welcome to season two of Truth Talk with Wendy. We are so excited that you guys are here today. I have a very, very special guest with me today. She's not only my friend, but she is going to be the next Lieutenant Governor of the great state of Texas that we live in. Tracy Bradford, welcome. Thank you. It's good to see you today. I am so excited. Um, I know how God brought us together, mm -hmm. and He clearly is not done with our relationship. Thank you, Lord. Um, he is so good, and I know that the the thing that really connected us was our both of our concern for um, sex trafficking and your amazing work that's led you to this place. I want to talk a little bit about that first, and then... Um, 
tell everybody what God's doing in your crazy life now. So um, let's let's. I'm going to have you, if you don't mind, just give a little bit of background on what even got you involved mm-hmm. in being a, an advocate for sex trafficking victims. It's really interesting. Um, I was about five years old. I know this sounds wow. crazy, but I was having dinner talking to my mom, and I remember this very clearly saying, "They're still slaves." And she's like, no, honey, you know, that ended. I'm like, no, there are still slaves. And so there was something planted. It had to be God. Right. Planted in my heart. And so over the years, I just really never left. And then I started trying to do research and you couldn't really find anything. And even, I mean, just as recent as like 15 years ago, I went to my first um, precinct convention, which is part of, you know, the whole process in the Texas government. And you can write resolutions and so the resolution I wanted to write on was in regards to trafficking. Right. I tried to do research. You couldn't find anything. And so I just wrote something that I thought would, you know, come across to try to get people to hear or think about it. Right, right. And um, we did pass it, and it, it went to the uh, state. But when, they, it, it, when it was part of the state um, platform, they put it under child abuse. And at that mm-hmm. point, I just remember thinking, Okay, game on. I mean, like, right. we are going to have to start talking about this and getting people to see that this is really here. Right. But how do you do that when there's no information? Yeah, yeah. And so um, that's about the time Amazing Grace, the movie Amazing Grace, came out. Right. And then there was actually a ministry called, um, it was called at the time Goodnight Red Light. It's Sower Seeds. Okay. But that was dealing in Thailand. In right, India, not here. Which is what everybody thinks is this is a third world problem. This is not exactly. something that could ever be in America, much less in Texas, mm-hmm. much less we sit here in Tyler. Like there's no way in the middle of the Bible Belt we could have right. a problem such as this, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what you're finding when you're talking to people who still want to put their head in the sand? Yes, and what's interesting is there's there's a couple of things you see uh, people who just don't know, and I think they really do, they, they just don't want to hear it. I've actually right. had people say to me, thank you for doing this because I just can't even think about it. It hurts right. too much. Right. And then there's also, I know, talking to a group of legislators, um, they really, same thing. I mean, they were just like flabbergasted that, that it was as big a problem as it was, and it was in Texas. Yeah. And yeah. so one guy even went down to the paper who had been running a whole series because he wanted to to get like go get the material and talk to them. I mean, it was one of those things. I'm like, I know you. We're friends, so I know you're hearing what I'm saying. Right. But I really appreciate the fact it struck in his heart so much yes. that he made the effort to go down and say, "I want every, I want all the research you have on this." Absolutely. Um, the other thing I saw, which was very interesting, is speaking either sometimes to women's groups. Um, there, there was almost an attitude of like, you know, well, they're making that decision. Wow. And once wow. we walked through the presentation, you could watch their faces. Right. You could watch the, the thought process change. Right, right. And I think some people think, if I don't know, then I I don't have to do anything about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And not that people have to, you know, put on their armor and go in and rescue these kids themselves, but there are so many good ministries Mm -hmm. and organizations that are making a humongous difference. And, you know, God either tells you to go or give, and there's a lot of places that people can do that if they're willing to be made aware. And I, I do understand as a mom, it's very disturbing to have that kind of information. However, um, 
some moms with no information, it's shown up in their own home. Mm -hmm. And so I would, I would rather be prepared and knowledgeable about it to know what to look for than I would to not be prepared because I just don't want to hear those details or, right. or, or even think that that could be in my backyard, right? Mm -hmm. Well, tell me, how did the Lord open doors for you to be as impactful as you have been in trying to make a dent in this, as we know, worldwide problem, but specifically here in America and, and then in Texas? Well, the key was what you said, how did God open yes, the doors? Right. Um, because at the time, homeschool mom, uh, I was starting to get a little more involved in the governmental realm. I, I've always been drawn to that. Mm -hmm. But even in that process, um, he just, it, they were friends that started kind of coming into ministry that kind of dropped in their lap. Mm. And so then we started talking about what they were doing, and then it just kept snowballing. And then my daughter, one of my oldest daughters, worked for Solar Seeds. Oh, wow. So we did a lot of research first. I always I come from Eagle Forum background. Right. People, Phyllis Shafley, you study. Yes. And you know the issue. And so as it kept unfolding, and I was working in Austin, um, he started opening doors with people. See, mm. the, the left talked about it. Oh, wow. But the conservatives, the, we weren't talking about yeah. it. No, not the Christians. And no. even the women's groups, like Equal Forum, yes. NCW, we were not addressing it. Wow. And so he gave me an opportunity, and they were very open once we kind of started yeah, bringing Yeah, they were receptive to that. Mm -hmm. That's so good. And, so and good. then just getting those opportunities to talk to legislators. Right. And them starting to go, wait a minute. Because, again... It had been something driven by specific people on the left. And some of the policies were good. Right. And some of them were Not dangerous so right. for everybody. Right. right. And so when God started opening that door, it was like talking to these folks saying, we, first of all, this does not look good. Right. Christian conservatives and women, and we're, we're totally missing from yeah. this discussion. Um, yeah. So those doors started opening and then um, just happened to have a connection Again, a God thing with the Attorney General, and we did, um, that was very, very much on his heart when he came in. His oh, wow. team, that's always been something on their heart. They do some great work. Are you referring to Dan Paxton? Uh, Tim, Kim Paxton? Mm -hmm. I mean, Kim, Kim Paxton. Paxton. Yes, not Dan Patrick. Ken, we'll, we'll get <laughs> to him gonna... later. We'll get to him later. Yeah. We're just going to smush that. Ken, Ken Paxton, yes. And he, um, he was already prepped when he became Attorney General with this issue and had a desire to help there. So that's good. That's obviously, I love how when the Lord goes before us, he tells us to do something, put something on our heart and we're, you know, in, in trying to talk to people and nobody even knows what you're talking about, but then he's already been doing this work over here. Mm -hmm. And then that person comes across your path and you're like, okay, all right, now we're getting somewhere, you know, and he, he really tied, um, the strings together. Uh, a young lady I'd worked with in Austin went to go work for that office, the oh, attorney general's wow. office. And that was kind of her niche she was given okay. to organize. And we had an event and it gave him the opportunity to speak to just, so this just shows you talked about earlier, go or give. Right. They pulled together. We were able to just in the DFW area, bring a hundred groups together in like 10 days. Oh, wow. That's how much is out there. And one of the wow. things that we were kind of sparked by that was like, if we did a grid, of what is being worked on yeah. from who's reaching, because sometimes people do this, yeah. but who's talking to or reaching out to the trafficker? Right. Yes. The, the, the buyer. Yes. And then, yes. of course, we want to reach 
the victims yes. and, and, and the, the women and the children. Right. And have restor true restoration. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but the demand, everybody's like, like nobody's going to talk to them. Nobody's going to help them. Mm -hmm. But if we could stop the demand, it would definitely stop the abuse for sure. Yes. I, that you, you're going to have to come back and we're going to have to do a whole episode on that because um, that's definitely something that God has uh, awakened in my heart mm, with with the um, the pedophiles that are mm -hmm. involved in the abuse of small kids and yeah nobody wants to think about them from a perspective of how can we help them but but that's God's heart right well I actually I went to do kind of a long time to to ponder what what we could do next mm -hmm. and what piece of legislation and what can we do to outreach mm -hmm. and he just hit me with. Who's praying for the trafficker? Yeah. And I was like, that I don't want that assignment. My, my first exactly. reaction was like, I'm for the victim. Wait a minute. You do this I all know. the time. <laughs> I know. Thank you, Lord. Thank but you. Yes. That is yes. his heart. It and is his heart. You know, that doesn't mean that there doesn't need to be penalties or consequences. Absolutely. They'll just keep replicating. They if, we, if we don't make know. some effort to go to that place, right? Um, it's never going to end. I totally agree. I, I have so much to say on that, um, and I know we don't have 20 hours to go into that today, but I so, I, that is God's heart, mm -hmm. and until we wrap our brains around that there are human levels of sin, mm -hmm. but to God, it is all sin, and we all fall short, then we're never going to fix these ginormous problems mm -hmm. of trafficking, childhood sexual abuse. I mean, the list is long mm -hmm. because we don't want to associate ourselves with the lowest of the low. Mm -hmm. But what does the Bible talk about? You if you if you did this for the least of these, you did it for me. Man, that's a whole nother episode. Oh, my goodness gracious. Okay. It's, there's a lot. There is so much. I know. Um, this can't be a three-hour show, can it? No, anyway. Um, okay, let's do this. Let me have you give me a couple of examples of how working in the government and political arena has impacted the fight against trafficking. Because like you said, when you first got involved, like people weren't even, they didn't know what you're talking about. But then you were able to get some doors open. People started listening. You got some attention. What then was the impact that you were able to have? One of the ones I remember very clearly, and it was, again, almost one of those like, oh, wow, bump, you know, bump into somebody. And God, again, is opening a door. Right. We ran into a person from the AG's office. It was the very end of session. And we knew we were fighting a bill and where it was trying to get the social media groups to bring down bad content, to bring down the right. vile content. When they can somehow make someone disappear that they don't want on there, but they were wanting months to, oh, to remove wow. this material. You're talking about and internet stuff. Like Facebook and all right. that. Yeah, right. And okay. so we ran into one of the guys from the attorney general's office, and he just so happened to have some just some insight for us. And so we went over really quickly, found an office, did a flyer, and started going to the conferencing committee offices, which is where the bill comes to the final place, and they have to agree because they've made changes in one oh, or other right. house. Right. And so... Being there and just kind of having this opportunity to hear some insight he had, we were able to get the information out, and it ended up helping with the bill. Oh, wow. But that also, another fellow walked up that was the outreach guy from the governor's office, and he's like, 
what else are y'all working on? We didn't know about this. Wow. So we got the opportunity to go back later and meet with them on that and a couple other bills. The governor actually ended up vetoing one of those bills because we had our time. Wow. Yeah, we had. To me, it's like perfect timing. Yes. We couldn't have arranged right. that. No, no, no. Try to get a meeting. Yeah. Not going to happen. Yeah, that's God ordering your steps mm-hmm. exactly when you're supposed to be there. Yeah, that is amazing. Have you, um, obviously, I I know just from reading the Bible that trafficking is not a new thing. Right. Um, it might be new to us as far as our awareness of it, um, and especially that it's in our backyard, mm-hmm. literally in our backyard. Um, but have you seen, do you, do you feel like in 2021 that we are in a better position to fight trafficking than we were when you first got involved? Do you feel like it's been um, fruitful? Your efforts have been fruitful? Like, it, because it's a big problem. Some people have the, have yeah. the, they have the attitude of, this is like you go into you go to Africa and you see tons of starving children and you're like, okay, so I I can't make a dent here, right? right? Right. But do you feel like that your efforts are making a dent, basically? I think when you see these these legislators make the effort mm-hmm. to go find out more information, when you see you can actually be there to kill bad legislation, right? Right. Um, it ha it. It can be frustrating when there's hollow legislation passed, yes, yes. and sometimes that happens more often than not because somebody wants to go back and say, I passed a bill on against trafficking, right. and what it is is maybe they added two years on a sentence for the trafficker, but the trafficker never goes to court anyway, so it really... It's not doing anything. So that can be frustrating. However, I do believe more people are aware of it. I do see... We had a dad this last session, and I was shocked. This was a God thing. Okay. Um, His daughter was trafficked. She was Mm -hmm. one that was basically scouted out on social media. This is, um, this this really, I mean, I knew some of this was happening, but to hear him and tell the story, good family. She was doing great in school, everything. They lived in a good area in Houston, loved her life. She went on a church camp trip. Well, guess what? The groomer. As a young woman, went on the trip and befriended her. A woman. A church camp trip. Looked like a teenager. They became buddies. She introduced her to the boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Right. And from there you have, and the dad had to go with a private investor. They had to go rescue her. Unbelievable. But that man has been consistent in working on legislation. In this last session, he passed some, uh, he worked incredibly hard um, with his own funds, with his own time. Wow. And they passed a bill that would hold um, sexually oriented businesses responsible and, and deep penalties for serving minors, for employing minors, you know, for allowing minors alcohol, you name it. And we thought, I mean, just having worked in the legislature, legislature, you start to see things. You go, they'll never. That's that's so. I mean, the penalties. You're going, yes, this would be fabulous right. if they would lose their liquor license after right one or two offenses, not just a don't do that. Exactly. So I thought, man, I just it, I don't see this moving, but we're praying and we prayed and prayed, and a couple of weird events happened to some of the people holding the bill back. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Very interesting, well, yeah. actually, for one man in particular. Um, and it was that Friday, a bunch of us were praying, either remove him or right. remove him. Yeah. All I know is the next Monday, those bills were shooting out of that committee. Wow. And they ended up passing this legislation, 
with all the strong penalties and that's against the liquor board. I mean, you think about oh, the wow. liquor lobby. Yeah, that's crazy. That was a God thing. That was a God thing. Yeah, that's why when people are like, oh, this is just impossible, you know, you're just like, the more you hear those kinds of stories, you're like, yeah, no, no, it really is not impossible. And we can't think that ever as believers. Yeah, no, we cannot. I mean, there's sometimes we have to re-strategize or he pulls us exactly. back and refocus, but exactly. we can't give up on that. Exactly, absolutely. Okay, so I'm um, going to get into some of the like nitty gritty here. Tell me... What role does human trafficking or child rape, which is what it is, play in the current climate of where we are of our country right now? I think this is probably the hardest thing for people to hear. Right. And I look back sometimes in, in not a joking way, but when I do presentations on things, I talk about issues that were considered um, conspiracy theories. Right. And have been proven to be true. And, and trafficking is one of those right. that people are like, that's not, like you said, that's not happening here. That's right. not, is that even a thing? Right. It's not only a thing, it is intentional. Mm. It's intentional from the standpoint, if you look at what they're targeting against our kids, it's to normalize all of this and it's to normalize pedophilia. Exactly. And we want to think, oh my gosh, that would never happen. Take a look right at what are in school these books in junior high that kids are having to read but some of the stuff I mean when we had to prove some of this stuff, I'm like I don't even know what that is right someone like, explain that and this is you know I don't know about you but growing up there was a lot of you're just you think about your children mm -hmm. they're children right they're to be playing and swinging and right. you know creating not not being driven in a right. sexual way God right. has designed us for that to come to life when it's time when it's in time. his timing absolutely not tr not normalizing the most uh, we're not even talking about normalizing a girl and boy relationship we're talking right. the more perverted it is the more it's being pushed right at our kids right yeah it, it it is something where i have to really check myself because when it comes to my kids, I have a um, I'll kill first and ask questions later mentality, I as, as I think most moms do. And um, as a victim of childhood sexual abuse, and especially by my father, who was also my pastor, there's no one on this planet who is outside my radar when they're looking at my child in a way that gives me pause, right? I don't care who they are. Don't care who they are. And, um, and especially with the role models that we seem to have nowadays with um, Little Nas X. That's who popped in Yes. And, you know, these these people who their whole platform is to reach, reaching out to try to get kids in. And then he comes out with this in ridiculous. I mean, I, I'm, it, it's so frustrating. I, I'll get fired up when I think about it. But, yes, it is trying to normalize and, and then these same people who are preaching to us to follow the science put this guy on the front of People magazine like he's pregnant. I, I was so shocked when I saw that. I'm like, okay, well, did I miss where he's actually a transgender? Because that, you know, that could happen if he's really a girl. But then when I research, I'm like, no, he's he's a guy, and this is like a a stunt that he's pulling. But but people are they just they laugh. They think that's funny, mm -hmm. and our kids are not they 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 are being influenced in these ways where it is just it's it's what they see everywhere mm -hmm. so for conservative christian 
parents that are trying to set examples of godliness in their home, it just becomes harder and harder mm -hmm. and harder. And um, I, I'm just, oh my goodness, it's so difficult because I see these people going to um, school board meetings mm -hmm. and they're just trying to have a voice that this is not what we agree with. Please stop making my child read this. They're not in positions to pull their kids out of school. They're not in positions to homeschool. They're, they don't have the money for a private school. And I think, Lord, what in the world? I, I would probably be in jail somewhere if I was in a position like that because I know that the effects of abuse mm -hmm. on a child mm -hmm. or making mm -hmm. a child do something they're they're really not ready for or not willing to do. I remember sitting down and trying to have a conversation with my children, you know, when it's when it was age appropriate and time and their faces just red as a beet. Mom, do we have to talk about this? And it's just not something that they're naturally drawn to. Exactly. And you have so-called psychologists and you know, yeah, I just call them, yeah. you know, the professional pervs that are trying to make others think that this is, you know, they're uh, the last thing I article I read was they are they are um, sexual from birth and they there's actual uh, information where they did a study while they were raping children mm -hmm. to see how many orgasms they could have. Mm -hmm. It's like people have the most sick and perverted minds and those of us who know that it's from the pit of hell yeah. if we are silent yeah. this will become the norm mm -hmm. and if we don't speak up then this is going to get to every living room so whether yeah. you want to know about it or you want to recognize that it's there you're going to have no choice at some point right that's right is that what you're seeing or is so much and what you just said, and my mind's just racing because I'm <laughs> I know. thinking, you know, know, it is where we are today. And the first thing, as you were talking, that I thought was, we're created in God's image. Whether people want to agree with that or not, or right. acknowledge it or not, right. He created male and female. Right. There are two sexes, and that is the end of it. Right. And so we cannot allow, as believers, ourselves to be canceled, to right. be shut down, right. because someone has to speak the truth. And the, the bottom line here is the truth is out of love. Absolutely. The truth is God's truth right. is to reach these people that are hurt, right. that are broken, right. that are in need of truth, right. not to aid and abet a lie. Right. I right. mean, we're loving people to hell. Right. Absolutely. Because we're not, Absolutely. if we can't speak the truth. Right. And when I, I was listening to a woman, uh, her name is Dr. Michelle Cotella, and she started an alternative pediatric association because the current one decided to full-on push every perverted thing that you could do to wow. a child. Well, yeah, we're going to go for that. We're going to go for the, the mutilation surgery. We're going to go for the oh hormone therapy. And she did a presentation we were at Eagle Forum, and I remember we knew we know this is bad, right? We right. know this is wrong. We right. know these are children. God's pretty clear, yes, on protecting yes. children. Yes, yes, the and, whole millstone thing. And, and, yeah, and I have to stop. I mean, if just as a human, why? Yeah. What would drive you, anyone, to do any of this to a child? Uh, like it, 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 it's not. Let's just take it away, even from the church. What would make anyone want right. to 
you're you're not getting a child's agreement. Right. No. And like you said, they're like, I don't want to talk about that. Right. You know, they want to play. Right. So right. what what is driving that? If you can't stop and ask yourself that as yeah. a person who right. well, there's nothing wrong with that. Really? Yeah. Just don't even put God in this. Just right. think what would make right. someone want to common decency? Child? Or, yeah, right. Just common line. decency. You can you, you can be an atheist, and there should just be a common decency that children. that children should not be taken advantage of in such a way. And and most of them are having to be drugged and having to be manipulated in some way so that they do go along because they don't want what well, what and, is happening. And when you keep dripping this information and then they see their friends get attention right. and then now they're coming in groups right to go get the hormones at the Planned Parenthood yes, facility yes. but when I heard her talk about when you give the hormone therapy and when they hit puberty and it's the reverse so you have to reverse the hormones right to puberty right you sterilize children mm-hmm. it's not the, rever- it's it's not reversible then no, I don't remember what age I was, but I loved playing football, and I wanted to be in the backyard with my dad doing the plays and running. Yeah. And, but it didn't mean I wanted to be a boy. Yeah, you didn't want all I the just, other stuff. Just I the football. enjoyed right. some of those things. Absolutely. When you look at how many children are now confused, yes, um, I don't think it takes a brain surgeon to figure out that kids if they see anything that's kind of new and people right. get attention for it or it's something that oh well this is interesting but when you see it being it, it's being glorified right um and you look at what it's so sad because you look at that and they're children right so they're looking maybe they don't realize it but we're the ones that put the boundaries in Right. We're the protectors. And don't you think it's interesting how you see so many people that they have like a coming out. So like they, and and then there's this big, huge celebration, like they've done something so great. Well, these kids, I think that part of what's drawing them, I don't think they're really, you know, confused or homosexual. I think they're just looking for the acceptance that these people in these pride groups are celebrating it doesn't matter what you want to call yourself today when we did uh, an episode in season one there's like an insane number of genders and um what was that called uh, orientations mm-hmm. i'm like i can't even keep up with them but it doesn't even really matter what you are if you're anything other than heterosexual they're going to throw a party for you mm-hmm. you're going to be the coolest kid in the whole class now who would not want that kind of approval and acceptance? And what's so sad to me is that that is so temporary. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in the world that is ever going to satisfy for that longing and approval right. that can only come from our Creator who created us. But there are so many people that are buying into that lie of acceptance and approval but it's not about that you're just helping them further their perverted agenda exactly that's the way I have seen it because these kids are also at an alarming rate committing suicide and so many people that have gone through that transgender process have such regret and they can't do anything about it Mm -hmm. now you know it's just so sad to me well not wanting parents to live in fear you know because we um, especially are not called to have a spirit of fear, right. right? What can parents do to, 
you know, not traumatize their children, right. but to warn their kids to, you know, know what to look for in regards to their children not getting caught up in some of these different things that are happening right under our nose. Mm -hmm. You know, talking to our kids mm -hmm. in age-appropriate ways, Right. Um, that's, that's always a good start. But the thing that I think is, uh, used to be, I think, hard for parents, we're seeing a lot more of it, and I'm so, so encouraged. Yes, yes. And the fact that they actually want to put the, sick the FBI on parents trying to be parents. I know, I Tells know. you we're, we're on the right track. Right, exactly. And Over the target. Exactly. Yeah. And what we saw even eight, nine years ago, was, um, it was Fort Worth ISD. Wow. They were actually sending home slips of paper for parents to sign, but they weren't giving them all the information of what was being taught. Mm. They were telling teachers that they were needing to ask kids what pronouns or gender they wanted to be, and it was on the teacher. You're now putting all this on teachers. Wow. And not the parents. eight or nine years ago? And the parents wow. were not to know. Right. And I do believe we saw once that we walked through the whole issue with the what has gone on the COVID count. All these parents came home, so everybody became homeschoolers. Right, absolutely. And yes, yes we did. They got to see what was going on in the classrooms. And have you noticed since then the uptick in parents yeah. going, no, absolutely not okay. You are your child's advocate. Right, right. It's sometimes not comfortable. Right. Um, now they're trying to make it even dangerous. Right. And I think now we are uh, domestic terrorists. Yes. Right? Yes. yes. Okay. Just want to make sure. And, and if that's what we have to be called and to protect our children, We're, oh, that's not going to stop a parent no. fighting for their kid. No. It's going to fire me up even more. Well, and I think, yeah. I think that's what you're going to see even yeah. more. And I do, I, I do think that, um, I, we just keep telling people, look, the system's not going to change. No. No. We are the ones to make the change. Right, absolutely. And when you see politicians or you see these groups um, coming for your kids, I'm going to go, excuse me. Yeah. I was in bed rest with every one of my kids. Where right. were you? Right. Um, where were you when we were paying the $5,000 bills for dancing or right. dental work? And, yes. You know, where are you when yeah. your heart's broken? Don't, right. don't pull this. Yeah. It's up to us now to fix this gap of yeah. learning that happened during COVID. Or it's up to us to, to give these children a voice. It's like... You're not giving them a voice. Right. You're brainwashing them. Exactly. You're giving them a script of what you want them to say. You know, parents don't realize there was the big push for the mental health that right. went in. And we fought it, not because we don't care about people's mental health. Right, absolutely. But they, these, what people understand is a lot of these groups, the LGBT, not the LGBT groups, but they, I'm talking about these foundations. Right. Like right. Meadows and Robert Woods. And these foundations state that they want to start tracking a child and their kind of the, what makes them up, makes their personality up. Their goal is to track you when you're pregnant. Wow. And they have a test that they call Adverse Childhood Experiences or ACEs. Oh, wow. And they start tracking your child and they, they keep a file that you do not have access, access to. to. Now, as, the, as the mom? Mm -hmm. oh. And it's there till they're 21. And then. The thing is, if you've ever looked at one of the ACEs forms, I knew we were in trouble the first question because it said, have your parents ever hurt your feelings? Okay, I do research daily and I've never even heard of this form. Okay, who are these people keeping this form? Is this the public school system? So we, through the school system, pediatricians, 
pediatricians you could have that starting their goal right now it's in wow. the schools so you're starting at kindergarten right um, they I want did, to put it to the pediatricians is what they want to so back they, it all the way up wow. to where I do an assessment on you as the mother right like do right. you have guns in your house do you you know the typical questions that, right. of course, we're over there, yes, yes, yes. Right, right, because we're protecting our kids. We think you're helping us, right. And right. what they don't realize, what people didn't realize when everybody was pushing this, is now in code, um, the ACEs, I just saw a report where they said the ACEs test isn't quite working the way they thought it would. And it was like, really? Wow. Because the questions you're asking children, they're all going to say yes to, but what about the question where they say, little Susie, it says, is marriage, marriage is between whoever, or marriage is between a man and a woman, or marriage is between a dog and a person. Oh. Well, if your child checks between a man and a woman, who's to determine, who's determined the value of that? And they could think, Susie, she needs some help because she's off here. Wow. And that's what people don't understand. And the parents' consent, a lot of times, you don't even know this is going on. So we were fighting. I, I'm at the point where anything that has yeah. to do with our children yeah. has to be opt-in. Absolutely. Not opt-out. Absolutely, yes. And that, that's yes. to parents, so you were asking what can we do. Yeah. You have to be on top of all of yes. this. And don't yeah. think of it as I'm just fighting trafficking or I'm looking for the bad things. You're fighting for your child. Right. At, at what age, so, so I have friends that have littles and then I have friends that have teenagers and then some are empty nesters. At what age should a parent start having, as you said, age appropriate? But I mean, is it necessary to to talk to a three-year-old? Is it necessary to talk to a five-year-old? I mean, what age do you think we should find an age appropriate curriculum of some sort or words that they understand and actually start some of these conversations? So. As you're talking again, it popped in my head. First of all, we pray. We pray yes. when that baby you're carrying that baby. Right, right. From that point on, um, some kids. I think a lot of it is a parent. You know your child. Okay. And I had a couple of children that I felt like early on needed to hear more right. than others. But even when they're younger, you know, we always the stranger danger. Right. You know, um, I've had some friends that talk more about the private parts earlier on where I was kind of, I think maybe partly because we homeschooled and our kids were with us all the time. It was right, like, right. That, you know, we'll get to that. Or you, you really do watch different, your kids. Right. Too, who you see. And the environment one. they're in. They're in. Yeah, yeah. We, with homeschooling for eight years, all of the parents were homeschooling for the same reasons we were so that we didn't have a lot of, okay, well, if we don't tell them, Johnny's going to tell them at school because right. Johnny didn't know either, right? Um, but, but one thing you just mentioned to me, stranger danger, I remember having a conversation with a parent who had found out it wasn't a stranger. Mm -hmm. It was their husband who had, you know, molested the, the kids and you think, yeah, stranger danger, that's something we all learned, you know, even me growing up. And But that's not necessarily the danger anymore. Some of our own dangers are coming from within our own homes and our own schools. And they're not strangers. They are people that you know and trust yeah. in a lot of cases. And Which, you're right, does blow out the whole look for, I don't know if you remember when we were younger, if somebody has a uniform, fireman, policeman, right. whatever, you run right. towards them. Right. And right. when you think, I think the hardest part about any of this, and I think, of course, you can speak to this better than anybody. Right. 
is that trusted person. Right. And how does a child, the damage yeah. that that did, I mean, how did they even go about thinking in their head how to get help? Yeah. Yeah. Who do they talk to? Right. And right. I know we, um, when our kids were younger, we actually put uh, cards in their wallets or with them that were a couple of names with phone numbers. Right. Of people they could talk to if they couldn't talk to us. Yeah, that's a great idea. And these were people we trusted. Right. But we also knew there's going to be, a, like, I have a couple of kids that will just tell me everything. Sometimes you <laughs> just want to go, I don't, I just yeah. didn't need to know we that. We need to, yeah, I have need the to details of that. Stomach habits or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm yeah. good. Yeah. But I had a couple of kids that wanted, you could tell it, it mattered to them to do everything right. Right. They didn't want to As a firstborn, I did that. Yes. you're always like, are you upset with me? Right. Um, so that was a way that they could have somebody to talk to, knowing that that person would, we would come back or they would come right. back to us. It wasn't to hide something. Right. But at least it let them have a place to ask questions that they couldn't ask us. Right. And like I said, and the other ones will just flat out ask you and you're just like, whoa, okay. Right. But again, knowing each child and how you would handle that, that particular child. Right. Um, and then there's, it doesn't hurt to ask other people. Right, right, um, absolutely. Like, you know, there are people that have experiences where they could say, and you know, you've, you've walked something out beautifully right and you can help other people right by that there that's a place I can't go that I feel like is so critical I think the hardest thing probably for people to get in their minds and I'm glad you brought this up is we're seeing more and more of the the offender is a parent right. or someone that they they the child knows and loves right so what what do they do you know um, it's, a, it's, it's the worst situation for them because they first don't think anybody will believe them oh, and secondly because they know and love them and trust them they don't want to you know the quote is like rock the boat you don't want to you don't want to disrupt the family you don't want to get that person in trouble because the child sincerely has love feelings for them you know like actual healthy love feelings not the way the other mm -hmm. is so you you it's easy to not say anything, not to mention the shame that comes with that. And you think you're the only person on the planet that's going through something like that. You don't have the mental capacity to process what's happening. So the easiest thing to do is just not to say anything. And I know in the classes that we teach, when we are giving children the tools that they need to recognize child lures that lure them in which came directly from people in prison who had been busted for that and the and they were interviewed and there are 16 of them wow but one of the things that we tell these kids is you need to pick out two people just like what you were saying one inside the home and one outside the home that you trust and that you know you can trust no matter what and you know so in my case Maybe my dad would have been one of my trusted people. Well, that could have changed, right? So mm -hmm. in my situation, had I known that and had a trusted person inside the house, I would have had then a trusted person outside the house that I could have then gone to. Now in my case, everybody that I knew was on my dad's payroll. So that was very difficult for me because there was no trusted adult in my world. So, 
you know, but that's again where prayer comes in mm -hmm. and you just have to cover your children, you know. I mean, I, I remember used, I used to live in fear of them just checking the mail, you know, just like allowing my child to, you know, when they were little, sure. just to no, leave I, the front door, go check the mail and come back and I would thing. stand there and watch and watch. I'm like, Lord, please, please, you know. Because it just, I mean, a van can come up, pull them in, and then you just never see them again. And, and you don't want to live in that That's fear, right. right? You know, God does not give us a spirit of fear. And it is, as my husband says, the gift that keeps on giving. It's like when you've mm. been through something like this, it is a daily, hourly, sometimes minute-by-minute minute battle to not let the fear overwhelm you but yet at the same time to stay alert. So you have to be aware of it so that you yeah, can tell your balance. children, but you can't live in fear of it because as we all know, God orders our steps and he has ordained all of our days. So there's nothing we can do to add one day or to take away one day from our life. So I have just learned to rest in that. And that is for me, um, just been a lifesaver. But okay, let's talk about what is going on in your life today. I'm so excited. Um, okay, what would you do as the new Lieutenant Governor, which we know you will be, um, in regards to changing our approach on this war of trafficking, both, both um, you know, sex trafficking and labor trafficking as well. What, what, what is your plan there? I think just, as, again, as I was listening to you, I thought, wow, when people speak truth, mm -hmm. the healing that can come. Right. And I think one of the things is, and, and just about any serious issue, we have to be willing to get down to the truth. Right. And, and the truth is, trafficking is big business. It is. Trafficking is not a left or right issue. Mm -mm. It is a sin issue across right. the board. Right. And we have to treat it that way. And yeah. we have to start with, if you have an offender, they need to have consequences. Absolutely. Because the message you're sending to the victim, and I, ha I almost hate referring, but they I are know. victims, right. but at the same time, for them to overcome that. Right. They don't they have, have to be to a victim know. forever. They don't. Right. Right. And, and that even speaks to how we would work with, I I believe, uh, you know, I, I think there are people with good intentions that have been working in these um facilities and, and agencies within the government, but I really do believe restoration comes mm -hmm. because of the love and grace of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And for those kids who really do want that and need that, I would love to see more partnering and, and driving more right. of that piece of it. Actually, honestly, except for going to jail, all those pieces, right. all the pieces of this, this process, I think would be better served through churches yeah, and through these places. Just, I mean, listening to you share, imagine how that would help someone versus a program where, I don't know if you've heard this, but a lot of these kids are repeating this program six and seven times. Wow, wow. So I, my personality, I just thought, I wonder, do they feel like they're failing? Right, right. How many of them right. leave and just say, forget it? Yeah. And what we know, and I know it's government, and people are probably like, oh, no, church and government. Right, No, right. no, no. Yeah. When you're at a business, you're going to look for the best person to partner with if you right. need something. Absolutely. So why wouldn't we go to that? Right. Yes, you can pass laws. Yes. But as we've seen, we've passed laws where they're yeah. giving st stricter sentences, but people aren't being sentenced. Yeah, and then they just find a loophole around exactly. the law. Exactly. I mean, there's. I just read another thing yesterday about a new loophole that they've come up with with all this crazy stuff going on at the border, you know, which brings up 
a whole nother issue. I mean, you know, we're working, 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 working to help the kids. And there's what is it 800,000 now that go missing every year just in America. I mean, that's just here in, you know, in our states. But now we've apparently, you know, I guess knocked the wall down. I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly because I haven't been down there because my husband won't let me go down there. <laughs> but um, I don't know how in the world that we can have an open border and they're not being vetted. They are coming from only God knows where mm -hmm. with children that clearly do not belong to them. Mm -hmm. I mean, how, how are we supposed to fix this? Well, our border is our it's it's about our sovereignty of our state. Yes. And it's about protecting our state, but it's also about protecting I I think you're protecting these children. Well, absolutely. Because they're being sold. The you know, the labor trafficking I think sometimes can get kind of pushed aside. Sure. But you don't want anyone trafficked. No. And I'm not saying that adults don't matter, but right. if they think that they aren't trafficking children in the labor end of it oh, too, oh, right. it, it's, it's a boondoggle. They were making up to $14 million a day. Oh my goodness. And I researched this because I'm like, that can't be right. Right, right. And it, they, it's, it's too much. And people are trusting. They're thinking, okay, here's my life savings. Get me over here. Or right. we'll come over, work. They become indentured servants. Yeah, yeah. And we're, first of all, the, I, I we cannot depend on the federal government. No. We see what they're doing. Right. Um, having, saying we're going to put up fencing down there and it's laying down on the side yes. of the road. Oh, that I mean, made me mad. We have to be serious about the border for a number of reasons. Right. But for if nothing else, the fact that these families, these people are coming across and they're being sold into labor right. or into sex trade. Right. Right. And yes, it's all about the money. It's always about the however money. they can get the money. If they can sell sell them sexually, they can sell them for work, whatever it is. It's it's about the money. It is. And there have been people who have brought ideas. Um, there was a group we worked with that I, I actually got to see them show the technology that um, they wanted to help on the border, and they wanted because they're patriots. They were like. We want to do this as cheap as possible. This right. stuff is incredible equipment. These were guys, top-notch scientists, and nothing, crickets from the Texas government. So they started to use this technology outside of Super Bowls. Oh, wow. To track yes. its night image, nighttime, I mean, yes, imaging. Yes, yes. It, it, it's amazing. They are not giving up. Yeah. Because they yeah. know what's going on. Yeah. But the fact that we would not seek out good solutions right. for our border. Right. And that's a whole other yeah. show. Yeah, for but, real. But when you think, if nothing else, there are these children coming across and these people that are being trafficked and there are people coming through that are being taken thinking they're going to job interviews yeah. legitimately. Yeah, yeah. That want to work, that mm -hmm. want to have, want, you know, they want and to go through the process. Right, right. They want to do it right but then they're being taken advantage of mm -hmm. by the people that are, yes. Okay, and so I know that there are other agencies outside of government that are also trying to get involved in the process so that you know they don't have to report to us anymore. So, I mean, it's, it seems like that this problem is just growing and growing and growing. It's money. Yes, yes. It's, it's the big, you know, we, I mean, we been talking about this I think for some years now but that the cartels switched from drugs because a drug you can take once right a person right. you can use over and over, over. yes um, but when you look at the money they're making and you look at um, 
what I told you know we we're talking earlier about 20 miles off our border into Mexico yes, yes. where they're like a full army the cartel army and we we have got to realize this is where it comes back to we were talking about our faith yes and what is heartbreaking to me is to realize that this is a message of hope right, right. and love right and grace and mercy right and when you pull all that together you're looking at not punishing people that want to come to this country. Right. We want people that want to come into our country to come through the right way. Right. We do have things to work on with that. Right. Absolutely. But what we've created in this open border, I always think it's interesting, the very people that want open borders, would they leave their house unlocked for us just to come anytime we want? No. No. Absolutely not. I remember asking they a Harvard to, professor who yes. was for this, I said, so we can all let, let everybody into Harvard. Right. Exactly. Well, no, no, no. That's different. No, it's not. It's not different. It's not. Yeah. And most of them, it's not just their house that's locked up. It's their whole subdivision. You know, they mm -hmm. live behind these big gates and, you know, they don't want anybody Well, to we're going to open up. How about your book? your checking account yeah there you go I mean there what you go yeah you know because we're paying for everything every that bit. they're doing yes absolutely yeah it does not make sense um, and it is very very frustrating and for me I am so excited for not just myself but the entire state of Texas because it it seems as though we have Republican in name only better known as rhinos in these positions that then do use their power to stop all the hard work of people in these advocacy groups that are really doing the hard work of making change and to me when somebody is given a platform that they mm -hmm. then have the power of you know, to sign a bill or push a bill or at least get something you know into being able to be voted on and they don't do what they should do then it's time for them to be removed and you know the Bible tells us to whom much is given much is required and the Lord is going to fulfill his purposes with or without us, mm -hmm. with or without them. So those of us who are trying to help protect children and all the hard work that goes into that, because it is a very, very, it's, it's a war within itself. It's right. very, very time consuming. And then to just be so disrespected that that stuff never even makes it onto the floor for a vote. And I don't understand, I mean, you're so much more politically, I, I think we should have session every week, personally. You know, I'm like, why do we have to wait so long? I'm like, there's a lot of problems we need to be solving. What do these people do all day, you know? So, you know, for me, I'm like, why is this so complicated? It doesn't, I mean, it should just be, like we are talking about common decency. It should just be clear. If we can help save more kids, sign me up right and that is what I'm so excited about for the state of Texas because we need somebody in there who actually will make these things happen and push these things through and you know because I don't think it is a right or a left problem I no. just don't I don't think I, I think you could find many many people on the other side of whatever side anybody finds themselves on that would agree mm -hmm. you know because we've all been children and none of yeah. us would want those things to happen to us and there's atheists that live by the golden rule you know right. treat others how you want to be treated I'm pretty sure there's no child that would sign up for something like that knowingly so I do believe it is a a um, an issue that can bring unity among mm -hmm. many many people and so 
on behalf of the entire state of Texas and your um, future people that you can govern, I want to say thank <laughs> you to you because we are um, we are long past the need for someone like you and with your boldness and your courage and your tenacity to be in this position actually getting things done. So when you get down there, because you will, um, then I, I want to be a uh, an advocate for you and get on board with whatever it is that you're doing to help um, stop this because it's God's grace that has gotten me you know to this place in my life but without his grace you know I would be one of the statistics yeah and so um, I, I am firsthand knowledge of the damage that it can do and that's what drives me to want to help other people, you know. So um, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for everything that you've done to get to this point and everything that you're going to do because we are um, we are praying for you and you. we are voting for you. Everybody needs to vote. Tracy Bradford, <laughs> uh, Lieutenant Governor, and, um, and if there's ever anything that we can do to help you, please, please let us know. Well, thank you, and I want to thank you for being a beautiful example. Oh, thank you. Of what restoration looks like through God. Mm, yes, absolutely. And, and there's hope. There is hope. There is hope. And that is the thing that I think so many people are missing today is hope. They just want to give up. And there is hope mm -hmm. on the other side of that cross. We just have to be willing to take this brokenness and sweep it up there to him, you know, because he is the only hope that That's any right. of us have. That's right. So... We want to thank you guys for tuning in today and tune in next time for another episode of Truth Talk.